Tim and you're listening to the New Life at Home podcast. This week I chatted with John McLean. He's the Vice Principal at Christ College in Sydney and he's also a member of the Gospel Society and Culture Committee for the Presbyterian Church. It's Reconciliation Week and John's someone who's done research into the need for reconciliation between Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians and he's thought about the path towards reconciliation and what we can do as Christians in local churches to work towards it. If you want to access John's paper that he's written on this subject, you'll find a button underneath the link to this podcast on the New Life at Home website. Thanks, John, so much for joining the New Life at Home podcast for this week. Uh, Did you know that it's International Burger Day today? No, I wasn't aware of that. I was in the car just before and listening to the radio and apparently it's International Burger Day, but far more significant is the fact that it's Reconciliation Week. And John, you're a member of the Gospel Society and Culture Committee and you've done some research on this topic of reconciliation. Can you start by just helping us understand the need for reconciliation? Sure. I mean, I guess all Australians, most Australians are aware of you know, the discussions about reconciliation and lots of the current struggles and issues and challenges faced by Aboriginal people in Australia. And probably we're vaguely aware that, that some of that comes out of the pretty horrible history of the settlement colonialisation of, of Australia. But I guess doing the research for this paper helped us as a committee see more fully just how unjust and unfair the whole act of white settlement was in Australia. We can't undo what's been done, but at the same time, you've got to recognise how terrible it was. I mean, there was no attempt at any treaty. That, that idea of terra nullius, that Britain declared that the land was really unoccupied and so people can just come in and take it. Uh, some of the terrible massacres, the spreading of disease, tearing people away from their land and their culture, hmm. um, you know, all of that is the history that leads to the situation that we're in now. And I don't think we can overlook that or ignore it. I think we've got to face up to it. Yeah, yeah. And is that colonialisation without a treaty or without any um, form of treaty, is that unique to Australia? Is that? So I'm not sure I know enough about all the other cases to be able to say it's absolutely unique, yeah. but uh, it's certainly different to yeah. what happened in New Zealand. Not that the situation of the Maori in New Zealand is ideal, but um, the original treaty has shaped in better ways uh, the relationship between the Maori and white settlers in New Zealand. And mm. certainly in North America, there were at least partial attempts for treaties and some level of understanding uh, between the Indigenous people and, and the settlers. But yeah, just nothing like that in Australia. Uh, even the attempts to set up treaties like Batman when he went to Victoria were um, opposed by the colonial authorities. Hmm. So as you were doing that research, researching that history, was there anything that shocked you? Um, I mean, I guess everyone, well, again, perhaps not everyone, but lots of us know about the Mile Creek Massacre, hmm. which, which completely unjustified massacre of defenceless Indigenous people, most of them elderly and young children. So it's perhaps mm. the most infamous, but there were a series of others. And it does seem that mm. even some of the disease that was spread may have been spread deliberately. 
and mm. well into the 20th century, Australian culture largely operated with the view that the uh, Aboriginal people were a dying race and there was no need to try and preserve their existence. In fact, it was often thought it was kind of more merciful to, to just let them die off. Hmm. Yeah, so these injustices that you've talked about and the process of colonialisation create this need for reconciliation. And so then if there's this need for reconciliation, uh, what might the path look like towards it if we can't just undo the past? Yeah. I mean, there really are parallels with personal relationships, aren't there? That when a wrong's been done in a personal relationship, then it can't be undone either. And, you know, you can make some kind of restitution, perhaps, depending on what it is. But so I, in a personal relationship, and I think in this kind of racial relationship as well, the first step is certainly to listen. And so for those of us who don't have an Indigenous heritage, to mm. try and understand what are the hurts and the needs of um, Aboriginal Australians, just to understand the history and to understand their history, to acknowledge mm. what's been done wrong in the past. And obviously there have been a lot of steps in which that acknowledgement has taken place. That's certainly one area, to know the history and to acknowledge it, to listen to what the needs of Aboriginal people are, and to constantly mm. recognise that the situation that Aboriginal Australia is in now is a result of that history that although I'm not personally responsible for. There is a way as a citizen of Australia I share in that history, just as I share in the mm. benefits and blessings of being an Australian citizen with all our heritage gives me. I also have to acknowledge that to some extent I share in the wrongs of the past as well. In the paper that you wrote on behalf of the Gospel Society and Culture Committee, you wrote in that, and I quote, all Australians, Indigenous and non-Indigenous, Christian and non-Christian, carry the legacy of the combined injustices perpetrated against our First Nations people, a cocktail of guilt and hurt that runs through the generations. Uh, do you want to expand on that a little bit, uh, help us to understand the theology behind that, the understanding of guilt and of sin that you're getting at there? Yeah, yeah. So this is somewhere where I think Christians and Christian theology and particularly actually reform theology, has a contribution to make. I guess there's a lot of discussion in Australia and Australian society about whether we need to continue to apologise. Is there an apology needed? Why should I, as a 21st century Australian, feel that I've got any responsibility for what happened in the past? Hmm. But Christians believe that on the biggest scale, we inherit the fault of Adam um, and so that what Adam did all those generations ago, acting on our behalf without our permission, it was you know, without our consent before we were even born, uh, yet what Adam did affects us. Um, mm. And especially in Reformed theology, we'll even say even his guilt affects us. And then, you know, through the Bible, obviously Israel has a strong sense when she faces God's judgment, say going into the exile, it's not only for the sins of that generation, but for the sins of the fathers. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that Australia is Israel or that the situation is exactly the same, but it seems to be something of an analogy. And if we can understand that guilt can be shared, there can be corporate guilt, it can be passed down through generations, and then we look at our own situation and realise, well, I'm, I'm actually just sitting now looking out at a, my beautiful backyard in the Blue Mountains. Hmm. 
Uh, but this was land that once was owned by other people and was taken from them unfairly. And so I can see there's a way in which I share in that problem and that heritage and that history. So it's not that I'm personally responsible for it, but as a mm. citizen of Australia, I've got a shared responsibility to do something about it and to try and overcome the wrongs of the past or, or at least acknowledge them and seek mm. to right their effects if we can. Mm. Is that part and parcel of, you know, if we, we want to embrace a corporate identity as a nation coming with that is a an identity that's been shaped by the past not just an identity that we're trying to create for the future generations in one sense it's just about it's just a way of saying or it's part of saying we are a nation um and although it's sometimes we have to work out exactly what a nation is you know there's some sort of connection that we have with one another and that comes from a, a history and a heritage as well mm. You quote Peter Adam in your paper. And Peter says that old sins cast long shadows. Can you explain just a little bit more about what you think he means by that and why it's significant for us? Well, I think it, it goes back to what I was saying at the beginning, that when you look at the situation of a lot of Aboriginal communities today and a lot of Aboriginal families today and see the way in which their health status, their education status, sort of family structures, all sorts of things been affected negatively and a far lower status than, than the average in Australia. You know, that is the case because of that history of, I mean, I haven't even mentioned the stolen generation of the 20th century, but the separation of children from their families as, as well as the longer history of separation of people from their country. All of that has led to the current identifiable problems or has contributed to them. And I think that's yeah. part of the long shadow. Mm. And then on the other side, we we who aren't Indigenous have to recognise, as I was just saying, we've got a part in that as well, in that heritage. Yeah. We want to think Christianly about reconciliation and you've helped us to see that a big part of that is looking at our history and taking corporate responsibility. Uh, but thinking more about reconciliation Christianly how does the gospel come to bear on the way we think about it I mean I think at the fullest extent you know the, the real apex of this is of course to recognize that genuine reconciliation between any people depends upon reconciliation with with God through Christ that our fractured relationships between one another within families globally racial you know between various ethnic groups as as well as with reconciliation in Australia, you know, all of that, of course, ultimately stems from sin and is a reflection of the fact that we're at odds with God and not living his way. Mm. And so there's no final reconciliation and there's no real foundation for reconciliation apart from reconciliation with, with God through Christ. And we have to remember that, that there are ways, there's certainly ways in which we can look back over the history of Christianity in Australia and, and see that Christians have often been, and you know, when I'm talking about Christians, of course, not just nominal Christians, not just people who would have said they were census Christians, but people who are genuine followers of Christ, Bible believers, active evangelists, were often the people who were in the lead in concern for Aboriginal people, wanting to protect them. 
and so, I mean, I think that's an outflow and that's been an ongoing outflow in Australian history of hmm. people who know they've been reconciled with God and therefore see Aboriginal people as people that they're concerned for. And, of course, you know, the other way around as well, as Aboriginal people, as the gospel has entered Aboriginal communities and Aboriginal culture and people have come to follow Christ, they've looked at the rest of the world and looked at white Australia and seen them not as enemies, uh, despite the history. Again, so there's that great story of William Cowper, uh, an Aboriginal Christian leader in the 1930s, who mm. led protests against the treatment of Jews in Nazi Germany. We've been talking mainly about how white Australia and those of us who are Christians and non-Indigenous should think about reconciliation, but, mm. but it goes back the other way as well. Yeah, so there's there's reconciliation that is ultimately found in Christ and all things will be reconciled uh, on that last day. And because we're looking um, forward to that and you know, living on the basis, because as Christians we're living on the basis of reconciliation now with God, mm. seeing that worked out in our own communities and our own lives, looking forward to the full and final reconciliation, then, uh, then we're also concerned for whatever reconciliation can be achieved in our culture, mm. you know, recognising it's not the final reconciliation, it's, it's never going to be perfect. So can I give you a couple of parallels? Yeah, sure. So Christians don't think that, or we shouldn't think that we can bring about healing of people's bodies that is resurrection life. Of course we don't. But we look at what Jesus did in his own ministry of healing people uh, we look at the hope of resurrection, and that has always meant that Christians have been concerned about medical care. Uh, you know, Christians set up the first hospitals because uh, we realise, well, that means bodies matter and caring for people when they're sick and seeking to heal them is worth doing. And the same with mm. creation care. We, we shouldn't think that our care of creation brings the new creation, but because mm. we serve a God who will bring a new creation... Again, we value the creation. And so I think it's the same in reconciliation. We, we're not going to bring about the full and final reconciliation. But the shape of God's work in the world calls us to try and echo, do what we can. Yeah, that reality that what God's purpose is for his world and the way that he has worked for you know, our good in reconciling us to him and reconciling his world uh, to himself then informs the motivation for uh, the common good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we can talk about reconciliation a lot, but without action, that can be empty, I guess. So what, what can we actually do as, you know, thinking about our church, new life? How might we as a community of God's people united in Christ, how might we work towards reconciliation with Indigenous Australians? Do you have any ideas for that? Yeah, I guess I first of all want to say, you know, because this is a big issue and it mm -hmm. has to be ultimately owned by you know, the whole Australian nation, then yeah. we're not loading the responsibility of solving all of this on one person or one local church. And so there are things to be done which are not, I mean, they're not merely symbolic, but they're probably small steps towards what's a larger goal ultimately. Um, so I think the first thing is just to have some awareness of the history of Aboriginal relationships across Australia that we've sort of sketched out and that the GSNC paper talks about. But even then to think about your own local history, 
what happened in your local area, what are the local hmm. the, the local nation uh, and the groupings within that. Are there connections with Indigenous history in your local area? Just to have some awareness of that. It's interesting. Once you start digging, there's often stories and, and sites in your area that, that you can identify. And hmm. yeah, so obviously just being aware is the first step. And then if there are, if, if there's an Aboriginal community in your local area to get in touch with them or especially if there's an Aboriginal church and uh, see if there's ways in which you can build a partnership. Or, I mean, our that's really not the case for the church where, where we go in Winmalee, but um, we do have a long connection with AIM, Australian Indigenous Ministries, and so we've had a long history of supporting them and praying for them and um, having some awareness of what's happening in their ministry, which is mainly in the Northern Territory and, and in more remote Australia. Yeah, but that, that's been great for our church. And that's been long-term, I guess, 20 years or so. Hmm. Yeah, I like that local focus. Understand your local history. It'd be different here in Canberra than it would be, you know, in the Blue Mountains where you are. Like, There's different stories, different things that happened. We might not be aware of those things. And so grounding our church community in our local history, that's a great idea. Do you have any other thoughts on how, how we can be working towards reconciliation yeah this is something we should be praying about whatever sort of cycle or pattern you have of praying in your public prayers and in small groups to include aboriginal people social concerns medical issues and education issues and justice issues to be praying about those but also to be praying for mm. aboriginal churches and gospel work in Aboriginal communities, you know, just as you'd be praying for a whole lot of other gospel ministry to, to make sure that that's part of what we're praying for and to see that that's, you know, that's part of the responsibility we have given the privileges that white Christian Australians have. Thank you so much, John, for sharing your wisdom with us this Reconciliation Week. Thanks, Tim. Great opportunity. Thanks, thanks for giving me the chance. Thanks for listening to New Life at Home for another week. Are you up for the challenge? The challenge to learn more about our local history. The challenge to understand the Indigenous heritage of our area. If you want to dig deeper into these issues, John's paper is an excellent resource. And you can access that on the New Life at Home website underneath this podcast. There'll be a button right there.